0: This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at NerdyLegion.com. Enjoy the show!
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, even with these reviews, DC is like, I mean, a lot of these books have 100 reviews, 90 reviews. I mean, an Aftershock book, if it gets two, it's, you know, doing pretty good. hmm There's just so much buzz about Rebirth.
0: Well, much and hype? also, like, Aftershock's like in the Valiant territory, too, because, like, if they sell 5,000 copies, then it's awesome, you know? You know what?
2: Let's just stop this talk right here. We're going to start the show, and we can talk about that. All right. Before we talk about animosity. <clears throat> Welcome to the Aftershock Central Podcast. I'm Martin. Jack is here. Ronnie's here. And we're talking stuff today. We're
0: lit- talking lit- lots of stuff. Literal stuff.
2: Uh, actually, now We were just talking about this on the pre-show, and I wanted to halt the conversation and discuss on the podcast itself. But we're talking about uh, August sales numbers and uh, where Aftershock stands, which I don't think it's that bad to be honest with you. Um, It is towards the bottom of the top whatever, 400 books that they publish. Is that right? 300? Yeah. Top 300. Now what, what month are you looking at? I'm looking at August 2016. And we were talking about this before where DC is just like dominating this thing. They okay. have 42 book or 40, 40 books of the top 50 in sales. Yeah. Marvel's got nine. Image has one. And then going on from there.
1: Now, how long is that going to last, though, with DC, though? Because they've been putting out a ton of number one issues, which every everybody knows sells more. So I yeah. wonder how, what's how this is going to even out as people stop dropping off these DC titles.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Because um, even like Batman's doing really well, but Batman always does well, right? When they when they yeah. rank these sales figures, they rank them plus or minus based on Batman. Um, but even then, like Batman four and five are ranked six and seven at one hundred and fifty two and one forty two thousand. And usually the the average sales for Batman is about a hundred thousand, so even Batman's doing better.
1: And now is that even fair? Also, because they have two Batmans on the list, but it came up because it came up twice in the same month.
2: Well, no, so like twenty DC titles
1: at the top, but you're like, well, yeah, but people had to buy those twice. So yeah,
2: I guess that's true, but they are listed separately. Um, But you do see a a small drop between four and five. So, I mean, I guess by by the end of the first year, it'll probably balance out again. Yeah,
1: I'm just saying it makes it look like there's more DC titles at the top of the list when really some of them are duplicated.
2: Well, looking at the – yeah, I guess you're right because Batman's on here twice. Justice League is on here twice. Uh, It looks like that's the only one.
1: Why is Superman not on here? I oh, don't get DC fans, man. You don't like Superman?
2: Superman mm-hmm. is number 18. Well, he's not Batman, so there's that. Oh, there he is, yeah.
0: But his yeah. book is solid.
2: Yeah, that book is solid. It's better than Action now. I think Action's dropped off a bit. But, uh, anyways, I don't want to talk about DC. We should talk about Aftershock. Yeah. Um, there are a couple Aftershock books on this list. They're, like I said, towards the bottom, but that's not a bad thing, because Aftershock is, after all, a very small publisher. Um. But, I mean, they're going up. If you look at, like, share units, they're at, like, 0.1%. I don't even think they were on this thing a couple months ago. So yeah. that's a plus. Well,
1: and it looks well. like Animas. Animas is almost in the top 200.
2: Hey, dude, if you can make it to the top 300 on this list, then you're doing okay. For a small mm-hmm. publisher. Yeah, for a small publisher. Because, you know, like, we, we've talked about this on, uh, on Valiant Central a couple times. Um, Valiant's always on this list. Like, all their books are on this list. And they're always towards the bottom, but it's a small Mm. publisher, right? So, I mean, they're doing under 10,000 copies a book. And I would say Valiant is more of a household name than Aftershock is right now. So for Aftershock to even make it on the list, I think, is is a big plus. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, Valiant also had a little bit of a boost from 90s Valiant fans who were all pumped up about it, where Aftershock was starting
2: from nothing. Absolutely. You you are right about that. so yeah, the first, the first book on this list is Animosity Number 1 at uh, almost 9,100 copies, which we talked about the multiple printings last time, mm-hmm. and I guess that kind of tells us maybe where the book's at. So they've gotten, what, three printings? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. It was a, I think it was four, wasn't it? Four. Four, four yeah. printings, that's right. So I mean, I would say that translates to maybe 15,000 copies, maybe 20,000 tops.
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: Um but on the plus side they did mention that animosity number two had higher sales than number one. So we might see number two coming in, you know, ten to fifteen thousand if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really, really good numbers. Right. For this you know, a publisher like Aftershock. So right. no yep. complaining from me there. Nope. No complaining for me there. Uh Insect sevens on here. Um which I'm surprised it does as well. I think maybe Marguerite's name pushes that book more than anything. Because we we haven't talked about insects at all on this podcast yet. For a reason. We're not huge fans of the book, to be honest. Uh there we said it. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw Mark's it out
1: there. It. I didn't say it. I only uh, say
2: it's I, secret. I, I speak for the group or a hive mind. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're not big fans of it, and uh, I mean, I guess it's got its place, right? So, right. I love the art of the book. I just I'm not a fan of the story. But I think Marguerite's name is pushing that, and that might be helping animosity as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say animosity is far beyond what insects is, and we'll we'll talk about that because we're discussing animosity number two today. Yeah, um, and then rounding out the pack is Black Eyed Kids selling roughly in the 3000 range, mm-hmm. which is about what I was thinking it was going uh, to be. $3,000 to $5,000. I'm surprised th-
1: Rough Riders is doing as well as it is. Yeah? I mean, not, I mean, I like it. It just doesn't seem like it would have a... Uh, uh, it just doesn't seem like the type of comic that would have broad appeal. But,
2: it's but I'm really glad fun. it's on here. Yeah, it's really fun.
0: Yeah, And it has enough appeal to have a spinoff.
2: Yeah, let's get to that next. So, they announced the Rough Riders Nation as a spin-off title to Rough Riders. Uh, That's cool. I'm surprised.
0: Yeah, it's... Like you guys were saying, I think it's that niche book that gets us. But, obviously, there's enough cult following, I guess we should say, Mm -hmm. to warrant a spin-off book. So, I think that's also cool as well.
2: Well, and the thing is, like, if the book has a built-in audience and it makes a profit or at least breaks even, I think that's probably good enough for some folks, right? <coughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not – oh, excuse me. Got something in my throat. Uh, maybe not something like uh, – like Marvel and DC would not put up with something like that, right? Because they have such a large overhead um, in terms of you know, people that are not writing in <laughs> the comics – uh, you know, like administrative staff and things like that. But a small publisher like Aftershock that has a very small team can definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, that's cool. Is this going to be... Is this like uh, replacing Rough Riders or... I don't think so. Okay. So, it's just...
0: It's going to be... On. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Um... Oh, you know what? It looks like it's for Local Comic Shop Day.
1: Uh, so yeah. it's just a one one-shot.
2: Yeah, so it might be a one-shot. That kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense.
0: Like a Rough Riders one-on-one type thing?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. And Einstein's on the cover? I want to see Einstein in that book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be oh, awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, see, that's why if if they do like the spin-off, you can have even more people over, you know. Kind of like what we have with the main title. Yeah, Just yeah, a yeah. different Just a different group of famous people.
2: Yeah, very cool. I think Hillary Clinton's on here.
0: Elvis is uh, on here.
2: Wow. Charlie Chaplin. Mike Tyson. Dude, Mike, oh, Tyson. Yeah. Mike Tyson's on the bottom with his uh, face tattoo. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I dig that. So look for that uh, November 19th is Local Comic Shop Day. So be sure to support your local comic shop. And support aftershock as well, uh, Ronnie. There's something that you wanted to mention on the Black Eyed yes. Kids front. So, yes, why you do that?
0: Um, we've mentioned it here on the podcast before, but Joe is starting the fan page, or he's wanting to publish the fan page on the at the back of Black Eyed Kids. Yep. So um, you guys need to start emailing him at letters at gmail. And whether it's just say hi, love the book, or if you have questions about the book itself, let him know.
2: Yeah. Is awesome. There, is yours going to be the first one to go on there?
0: I don't think mine's going to actually be there since, you know, <laughs> I was the only one to email so far, so... <laughs> You guys need to get off (laughs) what you're doing and go email.
2: Yeah, Jack and I are slacking. Yeah, no kidding.
1: That's probably one of those things that once you have a letters column and people are reading it and then see it, you'd get more letters.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing. Um, we, We noticed that when we do the podcast, like until we started asking people on episodes to start sending email. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we started reading email on the podcast, then we weren't getting that many. But once we start reading them, I guess people want to hear their name on the podcast.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's probably the same with uh, with comics. And most comics don't do letters pages anymore. So I think that's something many people aren't used to doing. Right. So well, the plan,
0: a... the plan was to do it for issue number six, which right. comes out next week. Right. So now it got pushed back, and hopefully he'll have enough to do it for number seven.
2: So what you're saying is I should write a really long email so I can take up the entire letters
0: page. (laughs) Yep, if you want to.
2: (laughs) I will do that. (laughs) I will do that. I got you back. (laughs) Uh, All right, so you guys ready to start on this uh, animosity number two? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: All right, so animosity number two, written by Marguerite Bennett, with art by Raphael De La Torre, colors by Rob the Schwag, Schwager, <laughs> uh, <laughs> letters by Martian Dillon, Schwager. <laughs> uh, Rob's so funny. <laughs> he still Swaggy com- P. Yeah, he still comments on that whenever we mention it on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so animosity number two, let's talk about that. Uh, I'm going to do a a shorter recap this time. Usually uh, Jack does the recaps. I'm going to do this one. And I'm going to keep it short because I think there's a lot of spoilery stuff in this issue that we might be better off just uh, going in depth after a gloss over.
0: And and conversation.
2: Yeah, yeah, in conversation. So the book kicks off uh, a week after issue number one, or the events of issue number one. And uh, we see uh, Jesse... And her family in a basement. Uh, this is the same crew that we saw in the first issue. They were trying to escape the uh, bird attacks in their apartment building. Now they're in a basement. Then uh, Jesse and Sandor are, are talking. Sandor, of course, is her dog. Um, they're talking about uh, Sandor and Jesse's dad are going to go on a supply run because they're running out of food. And there's some uh, pretty interesting this uh, conversation between Sandor and Jesse's dad about uh, the lack of food and what it means to go look for food in this era. And a lot has changed between issue one and two, which, of course, we'll get to in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they go hunting for food. They go down in the basement, and they are attacked by a couple of uh, alligators. And uh, Jesse's dad – or Sandor gets attacked by one of them, gets pinned down. Jesse's dad shoots the alligator in the face. And they both run off. Um, Then uh, Jesse's dad kind of tells Sandor, you know, I don't have any issue protecting my daughter. And if you ever do anything that could cause her any harm, then I will put you down like a dog. Of course, he is a dog. Anyways, so a month later, (laughs) a month later, we cut to Central Park. And uh, I guess this is where we're going to start spoiling the story. Because it looks like there is a a free trade zone set up in Central Park, Mm -hmm. and there are humans and animals alike in this trade zone uh, buying and selling goods. And uh, so you have uh, cows looking for somebody to milk them so they can sell the milk for profit. You have people selling vegetables to both humans and animals. You have chickens selling their own eggs. Uh, You have rats selling rat poison for those Mm -hmm. of... Animals that don't want to live through this uh, this new time. Cats selling Xanax and other drugs. <laughs> um, Do you
0: see the funniest thing though? What's that? Is the mule with a taxi ride that says uh, yeah, a, a dollar a minute? Dollar a minute. Because the mule doesn't move that fast anyway. So.
1: Yeah. This and this one's asleep.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: um, then you see all kinds of uh, interesting interactions between different animals, animals and people. You see new philosophies popping up among the animals and among humans. And uh, then you have a nice scene of Jesse and Sandor talking about the changes that have come to this world. And but this how- isn't Jesse. Oh, no, it's not. Jesse. Oh, it's her mom.
0: Yeah. Is, yeah. is
1: it her mom? I got, so this scene kind of threw me for a loop because it's Shannon. Is Shannon her mom?
0: Yes, because Sandor says you're worried about your other pup which would be her brother. Right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it it confused me, though, because she looks extremely young. I mean, she looks like she's 12.
2: Well, I mean, Jesse can't be by like 6 or 7, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, but still her mom looks like she's 10 or 12. Yeah, I guess so.
2: I guess so. Anyways, then we uh, cut to Times Square, and uh, there are some negotiations between animals and a senator, and there (laughs) is a suicide bomber uh, that blows up Uh, This convention, I guess, in in, uh, Times Square. Uh, Jesse gets knocked down, and some guy tries to rob her for her food. And her dad's kind of far. He can't get to them because of all the commotion. So Sandor jumps in and attacks this man, who uh, is getting ready to shoot Jesse. Uh, The man shoots Sandor, but Sandor does kill the guy by (laughs) ripping his neck open and uh jesse's dad comes up and kicks sandor and it looks like maybe he beats him and shoots him we'll get to that in a few and then we cut to one year later and jesse and sandor are going through it uh maybe the sewers i would assume mm-hmm. because of the stairs and uh they come out and uh Sandra says you know i'm going to get you to your brother we're going to go to california and that's where the issue ends yes so a lot of interesting things in this issue. First of all, I want to say I called it because we did fast forward quite a bit in time from the first right. issue. Right. And this, this is definitely, if you read the first issue, um, if you didn't listen to this podcast, maybe you weren't expecting a lot of this stuff. But I mm-hmm. really, really like the direction that it's been taken.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And to for the second podcast I've been on this week, I'm going to quote our friend Nick and say the feels of this book <laughs> <laughs> because, like in your glossary recap here, yep, because they're not actually going out for food, right. That's what they tell her. But see, and even from then, I think that Jesse's dad's already not oh, yeah. liking Sandor. Right
2: Yeah, that seems pretty obvious from the discussion that Sandor and uh, Shannon had.
0: Well well, right. if
1: you, if well, you, you look if... in the very first in the very first page when Jesse and Sandor are having their little moment that they have yeah. on e- every title, he's kind of in the background staring at him, and then they show a close-up of his face and he has this very intense look, mm-hmm. and I think he's jealous of Sandor. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jesse's like Sandor's oh I love him he's he's my savior he's he's already saved her a couple times. Right. Right. Um, the dad has nothing he he really has no right to be anything but grateful but so that he's acting like this I think the only thing it could be is jealousy. That yeah. He's not the one in in that position. Right.
2: Well and and we, I didn't, think- we didn't see much in the first issue but it seems to me like maybe he he was always kind of working and not really there for Jesse, right? So I mean, this is kind of his fault.
0: And I think yeah. it, I think it grows back to the cell phone dying, also, mm. to when Shannon's looking at the cell phone, you know, because yeah. at the yeah. beginning it's, it's him and he's happy, and then the the three fan, uh, you know, everybody's happy, and then it just over the four or five pictures, it just seems like.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, look at the cover of the issue, right?
0: Yeah. I love the cover, by the way. Yeah. I thought that was awesome.
2: Yeah, it's a great cover. <laughs> it's a, a broken picture of, of the family.
0: And I yeah. think the, the scene in the sewer kind of is his, like, mental breaking point.
2: Hmm.
0: when Because he has to save Sandor, you know? Yep. And Jesse's not there to witness it because he's the one that's saving Sandor instead of Sandor saving her. Right. Mm. And, like, that's his power leverage. And then by the time we reach to the end of the book, or the last part of the book, that's, like, his frustration being yeah. taken out on Sandor because yeah, he but wasn't that, there.
1: He also, with those alligators, he hesitates. The alligator's yeah. on top of Sandor, and, and he's like, Oscar, help, please. And he's he's just staring at him. Yeah. And then finally he says – he calls him Master, and that's when he shoots the alligator. Right.
2: Well, he kind of – I think maybe he wanted Sandor to die. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. why he didn't shoot him. And it was when he, he yells master that he kind of snaps out of it. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Um, even though this scene is uh, kind of gruesome because the, the alligators are obviously uh, not the nicest of animals. But I like the uh, the origin story of this particular alligator. Right. It was very uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You know? Down the or silver,
0: just nobody loves me, yeah. Or just you know that urban legend, anyways. Sure. where, sure, sure. at which <laughs> uh, that with along with that is when you're back at Central Park and you have the monkeys, yeah, and they're looking and they're like, oh, this one sticks, and then it's damn dirty, and then it cuts off because you know the whole famous quote is. Damn you, dirty apes! Right. Well, they can't say that because.
2: <laughs> well, no, because I think the quote here was going to be "damn dirty humans" because the, right, right, the person right. is the arms dealer. Right, 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 and so that's why they're complaining about the gun sticking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, let's well, let's let's do a little. I guess for those of you that haven't read the book, let's do a little uh, flash forward on what has happened since issue one, um, because we kind of teased it. But we haven't actually discussed it. Um, so all the animals are obviously aware now; they can speak, they're conscious, um, but they're very like they're very human, and I think that's a lot of what the scene in Central Park sets up. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, like there, there's a there's groups of animals, for example, which we see in that scene in Times Square in a few in a few pages, that. are... Pretty much are looking for equal rights between people and animals, right? Um, yep. Right,
1: and which causes all types of issues to arise.
2: Which which causes all types of issues. Like
1: like uh, humans, I guess can't eat meat anymore because now it's
2: sort of like. Well, now it's murder. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's at it's least not, to the animals. It is to the animals. It is. It's not just going hunting for food or. You know, being on the farm and getting chicken eggs or whatever. Right. Um,
1: But then that brings up the question, what about, like, carnivore animals? Like, I mean, are tigers going to start living on a grass diet now?
0: Well, that's kind of what the meeting about was with the senator before it got interrupted with the suicide bomber. Yes. Well, with the human suicide bomber.
2: And I do like this poster at the Free Trade Zone. It says, become violent, become meat. Yeah, right. Uh, because all, all anybody can eat is vegetables and bread. Right. And yeah. the problem is that now, first you had you know, 7 billion humans. Now you have 100 billion animals on top of that. And what's anybody going to eat? And that's part of the conversation that Sandor and, and Jesse's dad have, is that you know, the population has grown a billion-fold So how do you feed people? And I think that's that's a lot of the conflict that we're seeing between people and humans, because humans have always been used to eating the animals. And there's that one scene with the preacher at Central Park where he's saying, you know, God gave all the animals to man, uh, you know, like to name them and you know do as as you will with them. Right. Um. But the animals obviously don't want to get eaten. Right. Right. But then the people don't want to get eaten by the the animals that actually eat meat. Yeah. So it's a it's a pretty interesting relationship that we're seeing now uh, between all these different groups. Um, and I think Marguerite Bennett did a really good job at selecting particular animals to say certain things.
0: Yep, agreed. You know, <laughs> um,
2: like for example, the cat selling Xanax and Adderall. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like I, I'm not a big cat person. Like I, if you like cats, I appreciate you. That's great. Um, I'm not a big cat person. I'm more of a dog person. But you know, cats are kinda sneaky and very about their own self-interests, yeah. right? And so right. of course like the cat would be a drug dealer. <laughs> you know? Like all they're all yeah. they're looking to do is save themselves and make a quick buck.
1: Right. I was wondering if uh I was wondering specifically about Xanax or Adderall. Because cats seem kinda like they're tense all the time, right? If you if you If you're sitting on the couch and your cat's there and you just – sometimes you just jerk your arm or something, the cat, like, will freak out. Like, they're always on high alert. So I wonder if that had something to do with the fact that they were selling these kind of speed-based
0: drugs. And it it says try the human solution.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so what I got got from that is the cats are always, like, kind of there in the background, never say anything, right? They just walk around, do their own thing. And so, like, we saw in issue one, they know all of people's dark secrets – Mm-hmm. right and so that's why the cat says if the weight of human consciousness is too much try the human solution like cats <laughs> know that how much people self-medicate right? Yeah, and so because they're so sneaky they can get in and out of places they can get all these drugs from you know whoever uh so that's that's interesting i didn't get the one about the raccoon and the swan
0: no i didn't get that one either actually
2: so I don't know what the deal is with that, but some of the other ones are good. Uh, you guys already mentioned the donkey. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, then the rats selling rat poison. Uh, mm-hmm. That was kind of funny as well. Um, and then, mm. like, the, the thing with the cows. I think that was my favorite thing. Because, of course, cows can't milk themselves. Right. Right? They need, right? So they need somebody, and they're not very bright either. So uh, I think whoever partners up with these cows are going to get uh, taken advantage of. <laughs> Um, but yeah, really uh, really interesting. You have the, the rabbits talking about uh, being cunning mm-hmm. and uh, trying to outsmart humans. Yeah. Um, which I think the only way rabbits can do that is just to procreate because that's all they do. Um, my second favorite thing, aside from the cows, was the little panel with the pigs. Yes. Comrade, have you heard of animalism? <laughs> yeah. And they all have the little Russian hats with a, it's the star on them. Yeah, that was like straight out of Animal Farm for me, because um, that animal that book plays a lot with socialist ideals, mm-hmm. uh, with pigs being a big part of that. Uh, so I thought that was really really interesting. Plus, pigs are very smart. I don't know if you guys know this, but pigs are one of the smartest oh, yeah. animals in the animal kingdom. Right. So the the fact that they would develop some kind of philosophy so quickly made perfect sense to me. Yeah. So I really dug that. Uh, and you guys talked about the uh, Ronnie did about the damn dirty blanks. Yeah, that was great as well. Uh, yeah, this
1: was this page. These two pages were the equivalent of those uh, panels that they had on the first yes. issue when they were yes. the animals were awakening. Yes, this uh, this is probably uh, my favorite thing of her comment, comic so far.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's very self-aware, right? Like she she really knows the world that she's created. I think it's uh it's being right. really well done.
0: It's like when we talked about issue one, is some of it's humor, but some of it's – or most of it is, like, real also, but it just comes off as humor because they're animals saying it and not right. people.
2: Right, right. <laughs> That's why I'm going to keep making the comparison to animal form.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: If you haven't read it, go read it.
0: And, and I thought it was interesting to hear um, Sandor's awakening story also.
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, when he was telling Shannon about it, because, you know, that's one thing. One of the questions I had after reading issue one was, well, now do they – are they just smart now, or did they remember what happened to them before? You know, that type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. So, which I kind of leaned for them to remember, because if you – like there was a, like Sandor knew that he loved Jesse because obviously they were like best friends, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, um, on the other side of that spectrum, there was the animals that were attacking the humans.
1: Yeah. Right. And it was cool. He said that it was like he was in a dream doing things out of instinct, but you know, not, not control like he has now over it.
2: Mhm. Yeah. That was a, that was a great analogy. Love that. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this scene in Times Square. Okay. Because that was weird. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So there's a senator. Uh, I think uh, it's a senator, but I wonder if he's not, like, acting president.
0: Could be. Because,
2: I mean, we don't know what has happened, like, all over the world, right? All we know is just this one place uh, in New York City. Yeah, well, they um, seem to well,
1: they think say, that they can get outside of the city and have some type of hope. Like, for some reason, New York is worse off than wherever they think they're going.
2: Well, I, right. I just think that the reason for that is because of the, the size of the population and that right. it's a, a small, enclosed space. Like, New York City's not very big, you know, if you count just New York City. Yeah.
1: I mean, there but are you a lot would of
2: boroughs outside, but, you know.
1: I, I would think also, though, it would be there would be less livestock in New York in new york city than there would be in other more rural areas
2: sure yeah that's probably true that's probably
0: but they true. do they don't know what's happening outside the world but they have ideas because in that um free trade zone panel the guy says that it's total government quarantine but the birds say that this is happening all over the world right right so it's just hearsay at this point point. Mm-hmm. Right? and then like at the very beginning of the book sandor says that oscar's thinking like zombie like zombie apocalypse instead and it's a total different thing Mm
2: -hmm.
0: which is an awesome reference too by the way (laughs) well i I mean not just because we love zombies (laughs) but you know um because it it actually sets this book aside from a zombie apocalypse and like no that's a whole different thing we're going this way
2: Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, this this in the difference is there there could be some resolution in this story if everybody worked together, which nobody ever that never happens. But right, right. The zombies—they're just like mindless coming after you. You can't reason with them
2: at all. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, but depends. It, depends. Because <laughs> yeah, are have some, you ever been able to reason with a a zombie? There there's some newer modern takes on zombies where you oh, actually right. can reason with them. Yeah. Um, there was that show, uh, The Returned. Um, there was a couple other ones. And there's some like funny ones, like Fido. Yeah, or I-Zombie. Yeah, there's I-Zombie, right? So there's different takes. But yeah. yeah, I guess in classic zombies, yeah, you can't reason
0: with them. Right. Or even like in The Walking Dead, that's more about humans living with humans after. Right. Yeah. yeah. So So we, just like you said, Jack, it's like... If everybody comes to an agreement, then they can get over it. But
2: well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually my favorite. When zombie stories are done really well, they're not at all about zombies. Yeah. Right. They're they're the zombies are just kind of the the thing that makes that sets up a scene. Sets changes the landscape Yeah. Yeah. It's just right. a means to an end, right? Right. Um, where really good zombie stories are, are about the interaction between people. In the face of calamity. Right. Um, and I think this book does that very well by using the animals. again right, yeah. That animal yeah. farm thing. Um, yeah. I mean, really, like, if, you, if, if these characters were people, this would be a completely different book. Right? But yeah. the book yeah. can say a lot of things because they're not people. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. So mm-hmm. this senator looks like everybody wants to kill him. Yeah. There's, well, this uh,
0: isn't their first meeting either, right?
2: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. They've met before. They're trying to come to some arrangement on how people and animals will interact, with each other. Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff. All that stuff. Um, but there, there's people wanting to kill the senator and the animals. There's animals wanting to kill the senator and the animals. Because, um, of course, there's always people that. Or parties that disagree. I guess we can't just say people in this book, huh? Uh, there's always a party that will disagree with a particular ideology. This uh, this moose with the squirrels <laughs> yeah. is hilarious. Like You it, know what it, I
0: thought of when I first saw that? What? Even though it's like Rocky and Bullwinkle.
2: <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's totally that. Yeah, there's a, there's a moose with machine guns on his antlers, and they're... Being manned by two squirrels. I thought that was awesome. Um, anyway, a lot, of, a lot of deep stuff in here. Uh, we're really going to gloss over it. But uh, some very interesting arguments on both sides. And uh, particularly from the animal side, I would say. Because the senator right. kind of <laughs> doesn't say much. He's like, well, we're just going to go hungry. But right. oh, we'll go hungry. Like, that's all he can say. Anyways. Uh, but there's a suicide bomber. Because, of course, people feel like they're better than everything else. And uh, blows this shindig up.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sky high.
2: Sky high. And then that's when things break loose, right? Yeah. Because you have animals trying to get out of there, people trying to get out of there, everybody gathering whatever fell on the ground, right? Supplies and whatever else. Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone's going hungry. And that's when we get to the scene that I mentioned in the recap where the man is going to shoot Jesse to get her cans of food. And her dad can't get there, but Sandor can. And Sandor rips this dude's neck off.
0: Yeah. Yep. Which, once again, Oscar should be grateful for. Absolutely. But he completely flips the script and goes the opposite way. Yeah
2: he does he kicks sandor down starts beating him with a rock and then yep. it kind of fades to black so i want to talk about the fate to black okay so what do you guys think happens between this section well, of the book and the next wa- one in the sewers
1: i'm wondering does the next issue pick up
2: here or does it pick up one year later sure Because, I mean, I would want to see what happens here, right? Right. Yeah. And we we learn after they get out of the sewers that her parents are gone. Yeah. They're not around anymore. So are we going to find out what happened to them? How is that going to affect her?
0: Right. Uh, I I would assume that we're going to pick up at the one year later and just have flashbacks, little hints And nuggets about what happened then but mm-hmm. I honestly would be surprised if we actually got the whole what immediately happened at that moment at the so, fade to black moment
2: I'm going to say that Sandor killed her dad hmm. what
0: see I th- I don't know if Sandor did now maybe another animal did but I, but at this point I think because if you see where he starts hitting Sandor with a rock, mm-hmm. and then the next panel is just the word balloons, but no. So I'm taking it as Sandor losing consciousness.
2: See, I thought about that too, but that's why I'm kind of torn, because those last two panels in that page, it says, don't watch cowgirl, don't look. And that's that's what he calls Jesse. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. why, I, I don't know why he would tell her that, unless, I mean, I don't know, I guess it could go either way, to be honest.
0: I I thought it, I read it as it was just a transition to where they're crawling in the sewer.
2: Yes, it is a transition crawling in the sewer, but I think it makes it ambiguous enough where I think it relates to both this page and the page in the sewer.
0: Oh, yep, yep. I see. I I think
1: if, if he killed her dad, I don't I think that would damage their relationship. So I'm going to say that after – I'm going to say Jesse stops the dad from killing him, going all the way and killing him. But then that's disrupted her relationship with her dad to the point where she's like, I have to figure a way to sneak Sandor away from him. And that's why they're off, just the two of them, instead of the whole family leaving
2: together. Well, so, so when Sanders says that they're gone, you mean that they're just actually gone. They're not dead. They just kind of left them. Because I read it as they're dead.
1: Yeah. Why would he kill the mom, too?
2: Well, I don't think that he would necessarily kill the mom, but there's a lot going on in this world now. So maybe as a result of that, the mom died as well. Mm. But, I mean, I, ah, I, I just don't know. Maybe. Like, I don't know if Sandor would actually kill this man. Right. 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 It it seems like he would still, regardless of him being a total a-hole to him, he might still see him kind of as his master, right? Like we saw in the sewers, he called him master. Right. Um, So he he may still have that respect for him where he wouldn't do that. Uh, I just think it's ambiguous enough where you don't really know at this point.
1: Yeah. When, you know, when you get to the one year later... The, oh, actually, the last page. The city looks pretty kind of demolished, doesn't it? It sure does. I mean, the streets yeah. beat up. The car. There's a smashed car. The buildings are kind of crumbling. The ivy. yeah.
2: Yeah, and this this last page is actually very similar to the cover to issue one.
0: And there's a um yeah, actually a shadowy might figure in the left window there. Yeah. What's up with that?
1: Is that significant? I
0: don't or know. Or random.
1: Dun dun dun.
0: But, I think that Shannon's or that Jesse's mom Shannon stopped her dad. <clears throat> because if you see the panel that has the just the word balloons, mm-hmm. that's that's Shannon holding Jesse but you can't tell what she's saying.
2: Right. Yeah they're empty word balloons. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so fill in the gap here, I guess. Yeah, maybe but. maybe issue three starts with those words
2: being filled in. Yeah. Mm, interesting I like that would be cool I like that so alright so then we end with them walking through the sewers and emerging on the street yeah which I think is very smart I've seen this in a lot of movies and stuff where yeah. you know if there's an apocalypse of this sort you don't want to walk through the streets because then you're in plain sight Yeah. you walk through the sewers because it's safer
0: Yeah. And so. Sandor's like a pack mule now, because he's got a couple of bags on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just yeah. saying, you know, because obviously she, she can't carry everything.
1: Absolutely. Now they say, And he says, we're going to find your brother. We're going to California. That's a long way. It's from where they're at now. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's 3,000 miles. Right. So they got quite, a, quite the journey coming up. Quite the journey. Uh, which then we, we see the, the cover for the next issue.
0: It's great. It's
2: it's amazing.
0: (laughs) Because you got the tortoise with the rocket launcher on his back.
2: Yep. And then Jesse's riding that bison with Mm -hmm. the helmet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You got a, a, what is it, like a hyena or a wolf? Hyena or a
0: jackal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
2: with the metal
1: jaws. So do they get to put together their own little posse to (laughs) make this adventure happen?
2: You know what? I'm sure she's going to meet some really interesting characters along the way.
1: Because yeah. that buffalo,
2: she's riding it. So oh, yeah.
1: we're on yeah. her side. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, look at the koala. I love that koala. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the koala is like racket, or rocket raccoon-esque-ish.
2: It actually, reminds me of an Ewok.
0: <laughs> yeah, that
2: too. <laughs> uh, yeah, if if the cover is any indication of what uh, the next issue is going to be, I'm super excited. Uh um, yep. dude, even based on this particular issue, I'm so excited about this book. Like this book went from like second place to third place for me last week, and now it's back to second and it might even be tied for first place from Aftershock right now for me.
0: Well, oh Joe, you better watch out. You better watch out, Joe. <laughs> we said it last last episode that with Alters last week and Animosity this week, next yeah. week is BK seven, so he's gonna have to bring it. <laughs> or six, I mean. Yep, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I just thought it was uh it was fantastic. Really, really solid book. Um a lot of like you said, the feels, right? I think that's what makes this book so good. This issue made especially good. Um, is you get the feels for all these characters. <laughs> And I think that's uh, that's quite an achievement to be able to empathize and sympathize with just a world that's so different from our own. But yeah. maybe not so much. You know? Like I said, if yep. you replace the animals with people, maybe it's not so different from what we know. Right. Um but yeah, really good. Let's let's rate this up. No surprise, yeah. I'm gonna give this five out of oh. five.
0: Mm.
1: Well, I'm, go ahead, Ronnie. No, uh, go for it. Um, I'm going to say a four out of five. Yeah. Because, and this is partly my fault because I, I was busy this week and I didn't really have time to mentally dig into this. But both of these issues so far, my first read through, I'm sort of like, meh. And then I go back and I, I think about it more, talk to you guys about it, and I, I like it more. Mm-hmm. And... I, I, one thing I don't like when comics do, and a lot of people do this, but I don't like timelines that jump around, because sometimes it's like I have to do some extra mental gymnastics to sort of tie the pieces <laughs> back, and then I have to go I have to go back from the end to the middle or the beginning and say, okay, now, where is this in the storyline? So I was a little bit confused reading this, but I echo everything you guys said. I love it. I think it's going to be a great story. Um, just the way it's written makes it a little bit so far has made it a little bit hard for me to give it a
0: anything more than a four
2: so what you're saying is you hate Christopher Priest that's (laughs) that's like his thing
0: yeah that's his jam Yeah, Yeah. aka Suicide Squad (laughs) or Deathstroke
2: to to be honest that's my jam too I love like postmodern literature uh, Mm -hmm. and postmodern literature plays around a lot with the perception of time um, and so I really dig that I love time travel stories for that same reason you know, uh, I was, and I don't want to talk about this now. Well, but you know what? I will. There's a movie on Netflix called Ark. A R K. You should go watch that. It's really fun. Okay. It's a time travel story. Not related yeah. to this. Uh, Ronnie, you're up.
0: A R K or ARQ?
2: ARQ, Sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, it's okay for Jack to be wrong and only give it a <laughs> four out of five. But, um, yeah, this. I love this book from. The first one, and kind of like what Jack was saying about the mental gymnastics part of it. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, that's why I love it so much. It's because you know I have other tons of other books that you could just gloss over, and it's a fun read. Yeah, right. But the, this one, I mean, like this, I glossed over it while we were all talking, so that way I can point out things, mm-hmm. and that was like the sixth time I've read it. So, <laughs> yeah, just because I didn't like, I just now saw the shadowy figure on the last page just now, and I've read it six times. So, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's five out of five for me.
2: Yeah, Ronnie's right. <laughs> Jack is wrong. Yes. <laughs> uh, I want to say I don't know if you guys have ever read Sweet Tooth, but this book is starting to give me that sweet tooth vibe. Yep. Huh. That was the
1: Lemire. Yeah, just the book.
2: Uh It was Vertigo, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay, Not quite oh, yeah. easy. Awesome. So I guess uh, averaging out, that means uh, this book gets a 5 because we're throwing Jack's rating out. <laughs> <Three>, 4.7. <laughs> four <point seven. laughs> four <point> 4.759999. <laughs> uh, next week we've got Black Eyed Kids number 6. Yeah. Yeah. And The Revisionist number 4. Double yeah. Um, and we uh, – I don't even know if I put it on the podcast uh, for the last episode, but we're kind of talking about the Captain Kid schedule.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it looks like they bumped number three out because uh, they had scheduled two for, I think, this week or next week, mm-hmm. and then three was the end of the month. It looks like three's been bumped out, and two is on the 28th. 28th, 28th. yeah. So that answers the question.
0: Yeah.
2: So be sure to read Black Eyed Kids number six. Send Joe an email at bekletters at gmail.com. And uh, revisions number four for next episode. Any final words, you guys?
0: Joe, better bring it.
2: Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know it's not motivational when you're saying it after he's already written it. That's <laughs> well, true. That's, true.
2: <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, Jack is at Jack Sutherland. Ronnie is at rumbar three sixteen. I am at Geekvine. The show is at AfterShock Pod. And of course, check out the aftershock comic fans group on Facebook. We'll catch you guys again next week.
1: Later. So let's see what animosity's getting on
0: comic book roundup. Yeah, these last three weeks, dude, has been
1: eight point six. Wow. The last, the last number two got eight point eight though. Interesting. Oh, well, that's only two. That's what I hate about this. It's only by two, two reviews. Two reviews. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. It's like one's, one's Batman, you and All-Star Martin. Batman has a hundred and two reviews. Like right. you can take at least ten of those people and try some other stuff.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's too funny. I've heard good things about Shipwreck also since yeah. the review copy's been floating around. Oh, I've been really? trying to. I've been trying to hit up my resources to. Yeah, you got to get that. Send that my way, but. You know no what we don't
1: love? If if a week before it comes out, we just totally do a spoiler shipwreck uh, yeah. podcast. No, I'm just kidding.
0: We <laughs> sink it like a bunch of pirates. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you blew our cover with the whole freaking insects thing.
2: Hey, you know what? This is, this is an honest podcast, okay? Well,
1: that's that's Marguerite Bennett, right? Yeah. So you you made it up for with this. Absolutely. With animosity. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Absolutely. But you know, we're going to have to talk about that book.
1: That is kind of funny though that like your favorite book and your least favorite aftershock <laughs> book is the same writer.
2: <laughs> yep kind of weird well, well of course, it's not my ha, favorite yet okay have Did any of us really
1: right? give given insects a fair chance i haven't to be honest
2: you're probably right i don't think i've done the fair yeah
0: thing. i haven't really i haven't even get, gave uh what is it the one that paul was going on about strayer strayer yeah i haven't even gave it a fair shake yet oh <laughs> have you yeah i read it oh you like
2: it it's fine i mean i like justin jordan
0: yeah, he's, I like Justin Jordan, too.
2: He's not my favorite, but I don't think, like, the stuff he writes is bad.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I'm, I'm just not as motivated to read titles that aren't active. That yeah, they're that's not fair. putting out right that's now. Fair. That's fair. You know what I mean?
0: Well, because he said it was on hiatus, because I tweeted him about it. Oh, Justin? Yeah. Hmm. And I asked him, you know, because I think we were talking about it an episode or two ago, like we didn't see it. Cause we, yeah, yeah. And um, I was like, well, I'll just – or maybe we were talking about it in the Slack channel. I don't remember. And I was like, well, I'll just tweet him about it and see if it's done or if it's on hiatus or if it's the way of image and done, done.
2: (laughs) Sure, sure, sure.
0: Yeah, he said that it was on hiatus and planned to come back, just not announced date yet. Gotcha. Yeah. And and did you guys see the Aftershock thing with uh, B. Claymore sitting at the table with him?
2: Oh, no, I missed that.
0: And you know who B. Claymore is, right?
2: Yeah, the guy that's going to do uh, Savage. Right. For Valley.
0: Well, he he was at, uh, what's her name? It's not Lucy, Lucy U. Yep. Um, And Joe, and like two or three other people that, Aftershock people, and B. Claymore was sitting at the table, and I tweeted it out, and I was like, oh, what if B. Claymore's going to do an Aftershock book? Interesting. Huh. But then I felt stupid because, you know, when they were waiting to announce the Phil Hester and Warren Ellis thing, they had, like, tons of artists and writers' names on that thing. And mm-hmm. I didn't even I didn't even go back and look and see if his name was on there. So <laughs> it had already been announced. But...
2: <laughs> uh, well, just because he's there doesn't mean that he's going to have a... – I mean, it, it might. Well, I know. It <laughs> might.
0: It, it means that... there
2: might be talks, though. Yeah, there might be talks. Right, Maybe he's yeah. going to bring a Hawaiian dick to yeah. Aftershock.
0: Or battle him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hawaiian. I really like that book.
2: Yeah, Hawaiian Dick. You should know that. That's an image book. Sounds
0: dirty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's a detective. In Hawaii. In Hawaii. Okay. Hence Hawaiian
0: Dick. Richard.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: And Martin's been throwing out that he loves Dick in the last three podcasts that I've heard him in. So
2: I'm talking about Dick Grayson. Okay. <laughs>
0: The battle, him, battle Hymn by B. Claymore is pretty cool, too. It's like.
2: Uh... You need to put a V in
1: front of it. Call it the Hawaiian dick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it would totally change.
2: Oh, uh, that's funny. I haven't read Battle Hymn. I might check that out. I've read it's some, like, uh, some Hawaiian dick.
0: It's like Duper's uh, Legacy say? style.
2: Did you say suck my Hawaiian dick? <laughs> 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 that's uh, what it sounds like. Things get dirty on After Sock Central after dark. <laughs>
0: mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Suck my Hawaiian dick, okay? <laughs> That'd be an awesome title, but that's it's a family show. I can't do that. Yeah. 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 Um, it's yeah, got to
0: be... What are, what are you going to name the episode?
2: I don't know yet. I've got to go through the issue and see if something pops out.
0: Do the quote from the, the Russian pigs. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. Or damn you, dirty humans.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Or just, or this book has feels and let Nick's head swell up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dude, uh,
0: Nick would love this book if he yeah. read current stuff. You know.
2: Yep. Yeah, Nick would like it. I uh, I'm gonna see if I can get him to pick it up. Yeah. He's doing a lot of trades now.
0: Yeah, I know. So, I don't know. Maybe what if they it? had a comiXology sale for it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm, good point. Good point. I don't know. We got to get through uh, 52, dude.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you guys aren't even done with that yet?
2: Dude, I just started
0: it. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: I just started it. What is a, that? Oh, the, uh, the weekly DC series. The podcast? No. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna do a book club for uh, for New Legion podcast. Wow! But we're doing Daredevil first. Frank <laughs> yeah. Miller's Daredevil. Oh, okay, I awesome. got that. Uh, you good, are you doing the whole run? No, we're gonna do uh, one seventy three to one eighty four. I got the uh, hardcover, the omnibus. Oh run, yeah, bookshelf. Uh, nice. It's awesome. Yeah, it's been forever since I read it. So
0: there you go, Nick. There's your or er, Jack. There's your. Way on to promote ACP
2: on on our region. (laughs) You can talk some Daredevil. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, this is all going to be in the show, just so you guys know. Awesome. (laughs) Even even the Hawaiian dick. Especially the Hawaiian dick.
1: I'm pretty sure it's going to get cut off somewhere before that.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no. It's after dark, dude. Nothing gets cut from after dark. (laughs) It's just how it
0: goes. There's a lot of exciting stuff that looks pretty cool from Aftershock, though, coming out-wise. Shipwreck? Like, well, yeah. yeah but, I'm like, unannounced stuff, like, I, I like, intrigued on what Colin Bunn's going to be doing.
2: Oh, yeah. They haven't announced that, though, right?
0: Well, no, but he's, like, he's all tied up, and, like, he's doing the Conan series now. Yeah, yeah.
2: And what's and he then, do? uh Darth
0: Vader? He, no, he does the terrible Drax Marvel oh, book. Oh, with,
2: with CM Punk.
0: Yeah. He doesn't mm-hmm. do a Star Wars. We always have this conversation. He does not do a Star Wars book.
2: Are you sure?
0: I'm 120% sure.
2: Somehow I remember we always have this conversation, and we always determine he has some kind of Star Wars book.
0: No, because you said it was Poe Dameron, and it's not Poe Dameron, and he's not doing Darth Vader, and he's not doing Star Wars proper, because that's Jason Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. God damn it. Go ahead and say it. Star- I'm right.
2: No, no, no. I refuse to say it. Because
0: <laughs> he didn't do the Lando one either.
2: What has he done? I know he's done a Star Wars book. Dang it. <laughs> I just looked it up. He has not done Star Wars.
0: <laughs> Exactly. So it's okay for you to be wrong as well.
2: <laughs> dude, I'm telling you. He's done some kind of Star Wars book. Maybe a... Oh, you know what? Nope, I know what it is. He did Battlestar Galactica for Dynamite.
0: Yep, which is kind of like Star Wars, I guess. Yeah,
2: I love Galactica, dude. Shut up.
0: I wasn't saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying <laughs> you'd have like your nerd card thrown away if you... We're at a con and, like, mixed it all up.
2: Dude, people were bitching when I said Jaws sucks. Like, <laughs> Jaws is not a good movie. I'm going to say oh. it. Anytime it comes up, I'm going to say it. Jaws is a terrible movie. It's what if, about as good as Sharknado.
0: What if... Oh, I had to... Uh, I don't even want to talk about that. Because <laughs> I had to sit through that. I had a Sharknado marathon, and my wife was like, Oh, if Sharknado's on, I was like, Oh, great, comiXology it is for me then. <laughs>
2: My wife started watching the new season of 600 Hundred Pound Life last night. I was like, see, you and Ronnie's wife should do a podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the stupid shows about, that they watch.
2: Yeah, about terrible shows that you watch.
0: Yeah, because now, you can tell Heather, now um, she's watching Breaking, not Breaking Amish, but it's kind of like that, where they're, <sighs> I'll have to look it up and text it to you. but One of the like, Amish shows. Well, well, not even Amish, though. They're like in a cult. Like, one of the famous cult people. (laughs) And, like, there's breakaway people, and now they're trying to go back and get other people to break away. Oh, Lord. Yeah.
2: Oh, Lord. She's watching Shameless. You guys should watch Shameless. That's really good.
0: With, uh, what's his name?
2: Yeah, the guy that you don't like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really good, though. Uh, William H. Macy, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah.
2: He plays a drunk, alcoholic drug ridden asshole (laughs) deadbeat dad of like 30 kids
0: but you did hit on like you said jaws right and sharknado yep what if animosity goes near the water and then we have sharks and fish and stuff
2: i've been thinking about that yeah that'd be awesome
0: yeah but would it be like an angry shark or would it be like a little timid Teddy oh my god, shark. it would be you know awesome. I
2: mean? Yeah, that would be awesome if he was just like a little shy shark. <laughs> yeah. And he's like all this time of just like people don't get me. <laughs> yeah. He could be like emo shark. Yeah.
0: There's like tons of things that they could do. Which at this rate they probably will.
2: Yeah. Although there won't be any like big bodies of water from New York to California. I mean they mm-hmm. might cross a river, but
0: Well, yeah, that's true
2: that would be boring.
0: Yeah. Like a... There's no sharks in the Gulf of Mexico, is there? Uh,
2: Yeah, I'm sure there are.
0: Uh, i was trying to think of... tropical in- waters. Interesting. Well, but there, there's got to be zoos, you know? But I guess that'd be, like, one of the main yeah. things that you'd stay off of or yeah. stay away from. It would zoos, be a don't, zoo. zoos don't have sharks, though. Unless it's, well, like, SeaWorld or something, That's right? true.
2: And actually, I bet most of like any animals in aquariums would probably be dead by the yeah. time they get there. Or screwed. Yeah, because like the land animals and the birds can just run away, mm-hmm. but the fish can't like get out of the fish tank. Yeah, yeah, you know.
0: Or the penguins can't jump the fish or jump the fence. Yeah, your rivers so and lakes have fish. That's like sure. their Gu- Guantanamo Smaller Bay. Fish. Or their Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, but once they get to California, you've got dolphins and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. there's
2: all kinds of stuff there. And where what do they the, go from there?
0: What if they go down the East Coast, though? Don't you guys have dolphins and whatnot? Or is that more Florida ish?
2: I mean, there's sharks than, like, off of Myrtle Beach. Oh, man, there's tons of sharks on the East Coast. I think
1: yeah. that's where most of the sharks in the, the world are. Really? Yeah, they have those those shark trackers, those maps, and oh. they're always, like, on the East Coast. Huh.
0: Well, you know, it's not going to be from point A to point B. They're going to have to sidetrack or backtrack or something, so.
2: Well, and it might just take forever to get there. It's like Walking Dead. They started in Atlanta. Now they're, like, right outside Atlanta, and it's been, like, 50 years since the apocalypse. Sure. Yeah.
1: I don't want to go in on the, on the podcast, but. It does seem weird that there's so much diverse uh, livestock in New York City. You'd be surprised, dude. Yeah, but there's monkeys, and where do the monkeys come from?
2: There's a zoo in Central Park.
1: Oh, right, and that was in Central Park, right?
2: Yep, and then the Bronx Zoo is one of the biggest zoos in the world.
1: Yeah, I know you got horses and stuff
0: like that. I
2: should pull it back up.
0: Well, isn't it's like, New like that... Jersey have like land, too? I mean,
2: yes. Yes, aside from being a nuclear waste dump. Whoa, has yeah, a lot of right. Life. But I will say this, like if once you go outside of New York City, most of New York State is very rural. Right. So, now, most people don't understand that.
1: Yeah, right. but do, does that mean they're coming, they're congregating in the city?
2: Sure. I mean, if that's where things are going on, all the trading is happening, they might just want to go there.
0: Yeah. Or, like, uh, like you were saying, the, the zoo. You
2: know? Yeah, yeah. There's there's plenty of wildlife, dude. Yeah. I don't
1: know, but there's like a um antelope. Oh, what is that thing? With the squirrels on his uh
2: hooves? looks like a moose, maybe. Yeah, a
0: moose. Yeah. Yeah, the moose could or come an out from the zoo.
2: What
0: about, what, what about insects though?
2: Insects like spiders like, and stuff, you know, the are lesbian, they awakened? The lesbians that like <laughs> To each other as insects or like actual bugs
0: like actual bugs like bees oh, okay. and and spiders and stuff you know
2: yeah they haven't shown any insects
0: or snake
2: they haven't shown a snake either but i mean a snake's an animal so uh-huh.
0: yeah, well yeah yeah
2: cause what about we're... insects because like self-aware ants would be pretty badass
0: yeah
1: <laughs> they could really cause some damage
2: yeah
0: or you can even have like bees or wasps as the suicide bombers type things. You know, yeah.
2: you know ants. There's like five ant hives in the world. They're like gigantic. Like there's one in North America that like takes up pretty much the entirety of North America into South America, and it's one giant ant hive, or whatever they call their ant places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's out, a couple out in the there's, desert. No, like, it takes up, like, three-quarters of the continent. Hmm. Yeah, what? like, it's, it's giant.
1: Three-quarters of the continent? Of
2: I what? I got find this.
1: In North America?
2: Yeah, there's, like, a particular species of ant that is, like, invading, like, every continent. And there's, like, five, five or six different hives that are, like, gigantic. Like, continent-sized hives. Huh. Um, it must be in Canada. Canada, eh? <laughs> then they would be very nice
0: ants. That's well, true. Passive.
2: Here, there's... All right.
1: talking, talking cockroaches? Well, I'm just not, saying, like... They always say,
0: as it is. Well, they always say that, like, cockroaches are, like, the only thing that can stand a nuclear... Yes, yeah. Whatever, you know, so...
1: Mm. Did you see, uh... The Get Down?
0: No, I have not.
1: Martin?
2: Not yet. Oh, there's a I did, I did watch. I watched that clip that you put on Facebook. That looked, that, was, that was awesome.
0: The, There's uh, a hilarious the scene battle. with a, a cockroach. I won't like, spoil it. Like Joe's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have
1: to see it. It is a trip. It's totally out of place and like doesn't fit the show at the moment. But I, Somebody in the show was like, hey, I got a great idea. Let's do a cockroach scene. <laughs> and you're like, what does this have to do with anything? But, it, but right, it's really here. cool.
2: I found it. It's some kind of Argentine ant. There's a hive in South America that's like hundreds of miles long. It spreads from Argentina like, into the Amazon. There's oh. one that covers pretty much the entire southeast and a lot of the northeastern United States. There's one that covers pretty much the entire west coast. Uh, there's one that covers all of South Africa. There's one that covers about three-quarters of Europe and into Asia. And then there are two in Australia, uh, like down towards the tip. Freaking huge, dude.
0: Wow. Ants
2: taking over the world.
0: (laughs) One ant house at a time.
2: It's called the... Ant,
0: I see it on BBC.
1: Mega colony takes over world. That might be it.
2: I want to see some pictures. What the hell is this damn ant called? (laughs) They keep saying that... Okay, it's called the Argentine ant. Huh. Linepithema humile. Matter of fact, I'll just send this link. (laughs) That might be actually the easiest thing.
1: So, it says the colony stretches 3,700 miles. I'm thinking of like a super tall... Ant Hill. It's not like that.
2: No, they're like underground.
0: Gotcha. Interlasting.
2: Ants, bro. Antimosity. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the sequel.